uh, she really believed in me. I mean, and and I still do. And nobody in my life, pretty much nobody has. All grown up and everything in my life, nobody's ever believed in me. And that's that's how my life was. And all of a sudden, you know, I got a shot. I got somebody who full-heartedly believes 100% in me. And that's never happened in my life. Aaron makes loved me like I know he fucking loves me. He will love me like it's the end of the world. And, you know, it's one of the ways that I do know he just really loves me. And he provides, he works his ass off for our family. Take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate. A dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. Welcome back to another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean, and this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Check us out online at couplesynergy.com and be sure to subscribe to our podcast or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couples Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships where we bring you our experiences with working with thousands of couples for over 15 years. You know, every day we get to hear intimate details about a couple's celebrations, disappointments, and everyday challenges. We've often wished these stories were shared because we know we are more similar than different. And so we've not only created an avenue where you can hear about people's intimate lives, but an atmosphere where people come over to our home pub, pour a drink and share their stories. People like today's guests, Aaron and Manya, thank you very much for being on our podcast today. It's great to be here. Welcome. And, uh, you guys have, this is going to be a very awesome show. I have no idea what's going to happen. But when that we start talking here. a professional introduction. It, it wow. Very, <laughs> I don't know what to say. Yeah. You just pulled that out. <laughs> and just so all of you know, she, she is not, she doesn't have a Russian accent. When we were speaking to her on the air, off the air, I should say, she, she did not have a Russian accent. But I actually sound like Elmo. <laughs> That's my real voice. <laughs> So we we are going to get into the fact that this couple is an entertainment couple. They work together. They have a they have a family show together, and and we really want to understand more about that. Before we get into that, why don't you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves? You know, how old are you? What do you guys do for a living? And how long have you been together? Sounds a little bit naughty when you say it like we're an entertainment couple. <laughs> and and Aaron is not from England. <laughs> Just so well, I'm know. here at Jackass Pub, so I thought I might just bust out a few words there. Have a pair of own, just, you know, bust it out. Would so, you like to go first, <laughs> since you're the eldest? No, go ahead, Elmo. Elmo, here we go. Okay. Um, my name is Manya Silver. I am 33 years old. I'm from Denver, Colorado. I am a circus performer, and I started doing stunts for TV and film, and... Th that's cool. That's, that's, perfect. Perfect. Oh, that's perfect. And I'm a mother. We have a two and a half year old and a four and a half year four and a half year old. That's awesome. I didn't know we were busting out such formal announcements, <laughs> but I am Aaron Crippen. Yeah, also a stunt performer in the Chicago land area. Great friends of Ray and Jean. Happy to be here at the pub. And we're glad you're not on fire right now. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of a bummer. What are you huh? talking about? He is on fire. We were, we were just talking before this that he has been lit on fire 
more than 20 times? Yes, very much so. <laughs> that is a, quite a badge of honor there, I should say. <laughs> well, yeah, we have a great team of people that we work with and uh, they're very safe and they do an excellent job. So a lot of times when you're the one getting lit on fire, it's often the least amount of work, I guess. Just <laughs> everyone there. else is right. everyone else, you. Yeah, everyone else kind of does everything. They puts all the stuff on you and then you just... <laughs> You know, and that was awesome. You're like, well, I didn't do anything. I, <laughs> Can you guys tell us a story of how you met? Yes, we met in a dirt lot in Tijuana. It, <laughs> this is going to be interesting, <laughs> folks. It was actually technically in very south, south, south San Diego. So it was in the USA, but you could wave to Tijuana. Yeah. It was in the creation of an equestrian cirque show that was my dream job. I was getting to be an aerialist and a choreographer and doing equestrian vaulting and Roman riding and riding. And Aaron was there as the barn manager and stunt performer. He was doing like some going to be doing some chariot crashes and being lit on fire and things like that. The show was actually pretty epic. It was one of those shows where the reason why we joke around and we say, hey, we went in a dirt lot in Tijuana is like we could literally, the training area that we had was in a big giant dirt lot in South San Diego. Hey, here's our wee man right here. And we would look across and we could see Tijuana and we're just, it was just this weird, surreal feeling of, being out in the middle of nowhere and we were really pushing the envelope with all the gags that we were doing on the show and it was kind of like a circus soleil on horses and pushing limits every day and it was pretty funny we, we we did a lot of cross training with manya was an aerialist out there and i was doing some roman riding and we were trying to do things that never been done before so who approached who first Manya grabbed me by the hair, threw me on the ground, and was like, you're mine now. <laughs> I did not. That's not true. It's not the first time we've heard that story. <laughs> Aaron taught me how to drive a bobcat. That's when we kind of I fell did. in love. We were scooping horse manure that was like a daily. We were also like really doing the... Uh, you fell in love rough. over horse manure. Yes. Oh, God. And if you're a horse person, oh, the horse manure. But yes, a bobcat, he taught me how to drive it and like scoop it and lift it. And there was chemistry and... The I question was who made the first methane. move. <laughs> it is true. Yeah. Cow farts, biggest uh, source of global warming. <laughs> so who made the first move? Well, I guess uh, opinions vary. But I mean, in all seriousness, like. It was a mutual attraction. It definitely was for sure. I mean. Uh, from, from the beginning. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I guess in a way I kind of was like, hey. I think this one's a little bit out of my league. Maybe I should just let it ride. But somehow I just hung in there. I was like, whoa, this is working out. <laughs> so you're reaching up. Yeah. I was like <laughs> reaching for the stars. How old are you, Aaron? I am 27 currently. Uh, no, I like still. long walks on the beach. And <laughs> age has no limit. Pina coladas. How old are you? Come on. This is a real podcast. <laughs> Well, thank you for that endorsement. Forty-three. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are ten years apart. Yes. Very okay. Much yes, so. eleven, depending on the year, right? But it's relative. Hey, it's not a leap year. We're good. And Aaron's kick-ass for his age. He plays in a men's hockey league, and he's fit and he's awesome. And 
Awesome. You're still playing hockey. That's awesome. I am. Yeah, it's good. I've only been kicked out for fighting three times. Hmm. Three times. That's only. <laughs> so what did you guys do for your first date? We went to we went to the beach and we were under the stars watching the well actually we were watching the stars and the moonlight and it was pretty cool and we saw a ghost it was awesome we we had this incredible experience actually where we we were sitting to this day it's one of the most magical things that have ever happened to both of us we're sitting on the beach and you're like you know, the beach is always magical. It's nighttime anyways, but anyways, misty. And we we're both sitting there and we saw, and we were both seeing it through the mist there. And I, I think it really was like two real people, but it looked like a dream through the mist. There was another couple walking along the beach and the, and it was like us, both of us saw it as this, we were seeing this. It was like us in the future. And the woman was like dancing with the scarf. They were dancing along the beach with this mist. And it's a dreamy, like we were both like looking at each other in the eyes. Like, okay, are we seeing this? Yes, we're seeing, we just kept watching. And it went for like five minutes of this just yeah, magical. And we both, we didn't even know each other that much, but we both knew what it was. It was pretty awesome. And, and we were just like taking it all in. And then a few minutes later, border patrol walks up and we're like, Hey, <laughs> break it up <laughs> I was just seeing you you know checking you guys out and like, <laughs> that, that's never really happened yeah. actually. did yeah. you ask him if he was dancing with a scarf like, or hey, something man, did you see those guys was that you? <laughs> you have moves you're an Border excellent Patrol. dancer Mr. Border Patrol <laughs> so how long were you guys together before you knew you were a couple that's that is a good, good question, question. <laughs> well, I guess uh, I think there's two different answers. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> I don't actually. I don't think there's two different answers. I think there's two different opinions. Mm. But actually, with that said, honestly, I think there's different opinions of other people. We knew each other for a year. We got we had had the conversation once. Of I was like, Aaron, let's have the. Can we be open to a baby spirit coming to in our lives? Like just open to it. I don't know. I just said it one night. Just like and bam, we got pregnant like that. Like so we and how long were you guys together? We've known each other for a year. Okay, and it's a little over a year. Well, not really. Anyhow, so everything just happened really fast. Quite a reaction there. To me, it felt very. It was very. We we had the talk. We're like, what do you think about having kids? And we're like. Yeah, you know, definitely, but not right now. And we're like, yeah, not like right now, but like maybe, maybe later. And we're like, yeah, like, like six months later. We're like, yeah, but you know, it's cool. We're like, yeah. And no, in like, my mind, I was like, yeah, like three years later. <laughs> and at the time you're 29, you're 39? Yeah. I was 28. 28. Uh, so that would have made and like me really like, into my circus career. Like what I do is very physical. Like having a child would stop some of that. Would pause yeah, that. So yeah, they're just very uh, affected in a big way and actually another funny story with that was like we we kind of had the brief talk and then it was very shortly it was like two weeks later like hey i'm pregnant (laughs) but we were due actually we were on a circus tour and uh, we were getting ready for a show and we were doing our warm-ups like we always do and we couldn't get anything right we couldn't do anything and the balance was off and so we we're uh she does a handstand on my hands and like we're trying to get one like nothing is working out and then we finally get like a half of one for like a half a second and she 
falls down. I'm like, yeah, see, we're good. She walks away. I'm like, we're fucked. <laughs> but this is that, like prepping for a show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh-huh. We have a show in half hour. So we're doing yeah. warm ups in uh, that. She was pregnant and the balance was off. And right. that's the reason why we did the show. The show went great. We, we hit all our moves. We did everything great and it went well. But it was that moment where we didn't know that we were going to have uh, a little guy. And and uh, that's that's what happened. And you got one of your little guys right here. Yes, yeah, this is Kokai. Do you say hi, Koa? <laughs> hi. <laughs> Somehow this man is staying awake. So at this point, are you guys living together? Are you separate? Are you... Well, I work used, and I let her stay in the garage and uh, it's about as far as joking. But that's why it was very quick. We were living at, I had moved out here to Chicago because it was kind of a base for these two runs of a show that we had in Minneapolis and Indianapolis. And in my head, like I was open to the possibility of moving here, um, working with the Chicago uh, youth circus. I knew the executive director and it, always wanted to check that out so it was like like I came out of my car and all my stuff and then and then we got pregnant and then Aaron had like steady work out here so I stayed but we were living in a friend's house a friend of his house we didn't have our own place to stay we were pregnant and it was a very just in my it was I also will say for both of us have been married before I and so in my, you know, I spent a lot of my life thinking of like how it would be when I had kids and a family, like a lot. I've worked with kids. Like mm-hmm. I really was planning like this family thing. And it just so didn't fit into the picture of what I thought that would be. And it, that was so, and I was away from family and that was so hard. It was mm-hmm. so hard just to trust that it was going to work out. But so that um, was a tough time for yeah, both of you guys. Yeah. It was. Sometimes I think back on like, oh my God, how tough it really was. I don't know that Aaron still to this day can really appreciate how tough it was for me for me. No, I, I, I knew it was tough. I mean, it was it was one of those moments where you kind of put it all on the table and it was like a make it or break it type of thing. It was I knew I had one shot and it was, you know, I'm either gonna I I, I knew back in San Diego, I, I knew I was going to go all in. I was going to lay it all on the line and see what happened. And I, I knew, I knew everything in the heart was there, but everything else wasn't. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm going to go all in and see what happens. And, and I did, I went all in with the heart with everything else. And mm-hmm. once I got back here, I, I once, especially once we found out we were going to have a little guy coming, we, we thought we had some time and we were, we were trying everything and, trying to get a place to live and trying to make it work. We didn't have any money. We didn't have anything. I mean, if it cost me a nickel to shit, I'd have to puke. I mean, that's pretty much how it was. <laughs> <laughs> so like really it was just a, it was that's a, new one. That's got a, that a one. weird you visual write, right now. You have to write that down. <laughs> it was a, it was a, Hey, you know, I got to make it. And I, I was trying to do everything I could and, 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 chasing down the work and the jobs and things really just worked out and they, and they, and they started, you know, it, <laughs> it was close though. I mean, we, we found a place to live. Two months. Not, it was one month because we found the place in October and Colt was born. He in was November. a preemie. He was he born was, two and a half months premature. Oh, wow. So it just, yeah. we have a big dog, like the one place that would even see us mm-hmm. to rent with our dog. Aaron's like, you like it. Right. As we're walking through it, I'm like, are you kidding? 
Like, this is the only, like, do I like it? Like, <laughs> you like you have no choice. We're, we're, right. we're living here. Everything, even till this day, everything has just really worked out. And it's been a really beautiful life lesson of that. If your if your heart is there, like Aaron said, if the heart is there, the rest of the logistics and the money and the, like, if, if the core values are there, the rest of the pieces will fall into the puzzle. But the difference was, in my mind, was that she really believed in me. I mean, mm. And, and I still do. And nobody in my life, pretty much nobody has, you know, all grown up and everything in my life. Nobody's ever believed in me. And that's, that's how my life was. And all of a sudden, you know, I got a shot <laughs> and I got somebody who full heartedly believes hundred percent in me. And that's never happened in my life. So that's, that's what it was about her that made you want to go all in. Oh man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, why, why wouldn't you? I mean, that, that was the. Tear, tear, I'm going to cry. <laughs> what, what is it that you saw in him that made you really believe in him? Oh my God. Aaron's a star. Like if he, and he's so humble on top of uh, what he said about his done stuff. He was in the army as a army ranger. He's jumped out of airplanes. He's, Thank you for your service, by the way. Yes. He specialized yes. in hand-to-hand combat. He's battled so much and he's so talented so talented and someone who i guess i relate in like the long road like he's not like the 18 year old stud that just like has it and everybody's like yeah it's the long road of being 40 years old and coming into your it's the background of the military the background of building houses the background of being in the rodeo that is all coming together now he has so much mm-hmm. inside him and i guess i some i just relate because a lot of life is having someone to see that in you that makes you see it also that can really help it come to fruition he's incredible i feel like sometimes if he wouldn't he grew up in a small town with maybe a small thinking type of community that he would be an olympian his his body's he's just he's like got it like genetically it's just he's like I don't know. He's a star. Maybe it is just that in my eyes. But he's, it's just, if, even if he's just a star for me, that's all. That's even better. My own personal Olympian. <laughs> and Aaron, what was it about her that you fell in love with? I mean, it's pretty much the same thing. I mean, she's, she's a stud. She's, she's the star. I mean, she, when I first met her, the things that she was doing on the fabrics and in the show is just like, I was like, dear Lord. <laughs> just someone who is so big, such a huge performer, you know, through and through, like just can lay it all on the line all the time and just be so absolutely huge. And, and just one of those types of people that everybody loves through and through, whether even when they just first meet her, everybody loves her no matter what. And, you know, we've known you a long time and I can see the effect in you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. You're very different. <laughs> it's like, it's like you were a wilted plant before and now you're like watered and mm-hmm. vibrant and it's, strong. And we haven't seen you in, in quite a while, yeah, actually. It's been a while. Yeah. It's great to, to, to reconnect. That's, yeah. it's really awesome. And, and to see the two of you guys and your family together, this is, mm-hmm. this is really amazing. Yeah. It's, it's great to be here. I mean, I think I said this once before, but I'll say it again. I mean, you know, the whole reason why I agreed to do this is because I, I really think the world of you guys. And I know that in your hearts, uh, everything you guys do is to help people. And I love that about you guys. Thank and you. I think the world Thank of you. you and, you know, I've never forgot it. And 
So I'm definitely, absolutely super grateful to be here. So That's awesome. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. So you guys were both married before. What kind of things did you learn about those relationships that have shaped you? And, and has impacted your relationship mm-hmm. now together? I will say one thing that I think can be so powerful about being in uh, like a relationship where someone just loves you more than you even knew you could be loved. Like Eric said, I know that I have that power myself, but if that person doesn't love them that much themselves yes yeah. that mm-hmm. is nothing it's worthless mm-hmm. my my first husband turned into a heroin addict he mm-hmm. had a serious drug addiction that you know like very in your face risked everything we had like all of our money was disappearing and crazy drug dealer people knew where we lived and yeah, like mm-hmm. stuff that i didn't even know what was going on but and i there was a point where it was really positive and i i to love you can like I can't even look you in your eyes and just like love you for all of who you are and embrace you and support you in that way but if you don't have that in your heart it really it, it's like looking into a mirror that's got like a film on it yeah and you it, can't see it yeah and yeah. so I think we both had a similar experience in that way that ultimately in our next relationship we're looking for someone who like who knew that had that knowledge mm-hmm. and how, how long were you in that relationship where he was really in the throes of that of addiction? Mm-hmm. Um, I actually think it was the whole time, but I did, I really didn't know it, which sounds even to this day, it sounds unbelievable. Mm-hmm. How could you not know? But I was young and you just don't I was live and learn. I, I can see, I see signs of you know, all kinds of people wiping their nose and white things that I, I never would have thought there's mm-hmm. addiction all over mm-hmm. our world. And so many people that if until you've lived it and seen it, you just don't really. How did you get it. out of that relationship? I didn't know that it was heroin. He had a problem with pills and we had gone to a couple's therapist a year before. And I said, I like had a confrontation of if you cannot see that you have a problem and be willing to work on this, I can't be married to you. Like we had that in a session and then a year went by and I, there was all these new behaviors and I thought that he was getting clean. Like there was all like, oh my gosh, you know, different things were happening. He would like nod out, his body composition changed or stuff was happening, but I, I didn't know it was actually that he had changed. He had switched to heroin, which actually it's more, it's cheaper and, and sometimes it's easier to get now. And so the day that I, I walked out to his car and realized that was happening, it all came down and I went, to, I, I just left. I, there's enough addiction in my family and I am uh, familiar with Al-Anon and AA to I'm grateful to know that like you there's if someone and I have I'm I'm such a I know that I have a powerful ability to love somebody and if they can't see that then and I had I loved him with all my heart for nine years and if that if he's willing to risk all of that and everything we'd built then there was nothing so I left and Three weeks after that happened, the contract for the show that Aaron and I met on came up and I had a job in a different, a dream job in a different city and insurance and housing and like. So he was your rebound guy. um, Kind of. It all happened the day that I sat down on the beach and I wrote a list. I just like, I just, just, just to do it, to write a list of my, my next partner. It was like a three page list of everything I wanted to get really clear. I think that's something that me and Aaron are both really into is being very clear what you want, what you want to manifest. And I had in my mind, I'm thinking like, not 
anytime soon, but just so I know, just to bef- just from this process, this is what I've learned. This is what I want. And I met Aaron that day. Wow. Did you, did you do any type of, of your own type of work, personal growth while you were in the middle of that or did you I, just kind of discover that? I did. And I had to do that like kind of super speed because I did meet Aaron and it was like very like, oh my gosh, this guy, like it was kind of a catch 22 of being really clear of what you wanted, but meeting that person before you thought you were, would be ready. So I, I kind of, I did a lot of journaling and processing of my, it just, I knew I had a lot of um, damage and baggage from my old relationship that I needed to work through. And it forced me to do that quickly. What are some of the things that are strengths you have now because you went through that? Unfortunately to say it, I know what it feels like to be lied to. And I know what I, I, it was like a painful learning lesson, but I feel like it taught, I think Aaron has a similar experience of knowing that your relationship, you have to catch and be willing to work on every bit of your relationship that doesn't feel good immediately. Mm-hmm. That's my rule now. Like don't go to bed feeling resentful. Don't, don't let it go one day. If you, it, one day turns into it, it snowballs and that if anything doesn't feel good, we love each other enough. We're committed enough. There's that things you think don't seem like anything come three months, come, th- come a year, come five years down the road are like more than you could possibly work through in a therapy session. Like it's the, the curtain will come off and you have a mess more than you even knew that we are committed. My learning lesson was that anything that doesn't feel good needs to be addressed immediately. Okay. That's awesome. awesome. So whenever I have that sickness voice, that's what I love. I'm just like one man, one life, one world to live in. Here we are. So how about you, Aaron? How has being married previously and going through that experience, how has that shaped you? That was quite the transition. Just take a look back and think about what we've just done. That's amazing. I have to, I I have to actually agree. I think it's very much similar with that. I mean, it's, uh, when something's wrong, you need to address it, which is something that I haven't been very good about, I guess, or something that I've learned in the past that you can't just let things go. You have to address them as they come. And I don't know if that's answering the question, Brie. What are, what are some things that you've learned from going through that? Well, I think it's noticing things. I mean, noticing when, I mean, I think we all know when, Everyone has off days and, and things happen and you're like, wow, that this day was for shit or whatever, however you want to word it, <laughs> whatever. That's but, fine. And then and sometimes you, you let things slide mm-hmm. you're like, well, you know, I get it. She's going through some stuff, whatever, we'll let it go. But if, you, if you're saying that every day for months on end, that, that, that's a problem. And, and that's and it's too much. Yeah. That's something that I learned. Like at some point you need to stand your ground and be like, Hey, you know, what, what, what's happening? You need to have that talk. You need to, to do that instead of trying to live in this make-believe land and everything's okay when it's not, you know, Manya, she's, you know, I, I don't know. She, <laughs> she's very quick to address issues, which at sometimes you're like, you know, well, what the fuck, you know? <laughs> are, are you aware there's an issue when she brings it up? No, not always. I mean, like, let's, you know, let's be real. Sometimes things just happen or whatever, mm-hmm. what, you know, and it's not an issue and then it is, but 
But no, it, it, it's actually very beneficial because you can get it out there and, and, you know, and then it, it's actually helped me a lot too, because a lot of times, you know, I think I'm definitely one of those types of people that I want to say something and then mm. I just don't because that's how I was raised or however you want to put it, you know, like I should say something, but it's not a good time. Mm. It's never a good time. You know? right. <laughs> and so you don't, and then that goes on and that goes on and that goes on and that goes on and then you don't, and then it builds up and then it, next thing you know, you have a problem that wasn't a problem. So is that true today that she's more likely to bring things up than you? No, I think I, I, well, yeah, she's, <laughs> she definitely brings things yes. up. Yes, for yes. sure. But at the same point, like I catch myself and I, you know, I'm like, you know what, I, this is bothering me. I, I know I have to say something, so I'm going to say something. That's awesome. I'll take the time to figure out how I want to say it. And, Tactfully. Uh, I, I do my best. <laughs> Doesn't always work, but no, I, I try to. When, when I know something's bothering me, I think, you know, I, I try to just ask myself better questions. Mm-hmm. I try to, all right, what what is really bothering me? Because most of the time, you know, let's be honest, most of the time what's really bothering us has nothing to do with what we think mm-hmm. it, it does. It's usually something else or something there's usually a side event somewhere right. that's happening mm-hmm. or, and, and that's the honest to God truth. And it's usually something that's built up over time. Right. Most men, they typically don't bring up anything. They don't rock the boat. That's typically yeah. what they're taught. And, exactly. And, and that's what I definitely, I think I've learned to try to get out of. I know I'm like, Hey, it's some, this is, you know, if I know something's bothering me, I know I have to say something and then she'll definitely be patient enough to, to listen to what I have to say, even though it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> Loud noises. Loud. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because our, our brains are a little bit different and, you know, the female brain has to be more um, proactive. You know, like if you're walking down the street and you see a guy or a couple guys ahead of you, you're probably going to cross the street, right? Where if you see a couple guys, you're like, eh, I'm just going to see what happens, you know? And so we are more like we have to kind of plan more. And so women do see problems sooner. It's, it's actually. A well, thing. biologically yeah. women use both hemispheres of the brain simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And for us guys, we have to switch. We have to switch from right side to the left side. So it's very f- more focused. We have to kind of zero in on tasks or problems. And that's why we're more like solution focused. And the emotions, the so many more emotions that a woman feels more than a man. Or, oh, yeah. And I wonder how much of that is pure science biological and also how much men have been socially conditioned to not feel their emotions as well. Mm-hmm. But I think that is something in our relationship that like, I feel like I'm crazier. I'm like, Ugh, like I'm the one feeling all this feeling like I just have to dump it off. <laughs> And it's ne- it's not that he's not feeling it either. It's just that he doesn't express it. Well, I, I find myself often being uh, in my head a lot. You know, I, I, I like to think about things and how I'm going to say it or how it affects me. And I, so I'll have these long pauses before I speak. I'll have these, she'll say something to me and I'll just be like, 
Oh, painstaking to ask someone is serious. Like, like when you're really in it, say something deep from your heart, and and then there's nothing. Crickets. Oh yeah, God. Right. Right. So, but I've I've learned that's just how he is. That's how. That's yeah. like it's. I've had to. It's not personal. Yeah, it's yeah. not. It's just how he. It's totally not, and 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 I. And I, I started to realize that like, oh shit, that's messed up. I'm just not saying anything. And I'm not trying to not say anything. I'm just like. You're just processing. Yeah. And yeah. I totally process way slower. Right. And then when I do think, I like, I start to think about multiple aspects. Well, mm-hmm. if it's this, it's this and this and this. And then I get into the circle in my brain and it goes mm-hmm. back and forth and it keeps going around and around and around. And the whole time she's thinking, this asshole ain't saying shit. <laughs> what the fuck? You know? So, and then the longer it goes, I'm like, I got to say something. I got to say something. I'm like, I got nothing. And then I can just hear her voice just being like, this motherfucker better say something. I'm going to fucking bust his ass. Yeah. It's so, so, so you know what that's called? Actually, there's a term for that. I'm going to get you, sucker. No, no it, it, well, I, I think that that's like the, the, the slang un, term. Yeah, the slang term. But it's called stonewalling. Oh, yeah. yeah. And most men are experts at stonewalling. Well, right? I, I have a theory. Let's I don't think it. I don't think they're experts at it. I think they're just it's part of their conditioning and that, that's how they process. Yeah. And the difference in processing mm-hmm is all of a sudden gets a name of stonewalling. Right. When I, I'm not trying to stonewall anyone out. I, I you know, if I, if I had to do no, it on that's, purpose, that's I not your do intention <laughs> at all. Right. And, and you kind of mentioned that is that, yes, there's this societal type of influence that men are taught not to really express their feelings. They're taught to keep them in. Right. When, when a, a male toddler falls down, typically they're getting the message of, you know, just brush it off. It's okay. Yeah. Bust right. Just, when hey, just, you know laugh. what? <laughs> you know, I, I got, I got skin knees, you know, <laughs> just yesterday. It's, you know, I it's fine. I get paid to do that. I get paid to do that. Right. So, you know, that's the message societally that, that, you know, boys are getting. And so they have to take those emotions and have to funnel it through a select few. And those select few are like frustration or vengeance or, you know, or anger, right? Anger is a big one. Okay. But the, the point is that we have all of these emotions. We just have to get reconnected with them again. You know, and that's something that, that most men are challenged with in their relationships. But being a parent now, which is just totally changes the game. Mm. And now I see, I see these emotions as, as to where, I don't see him in myself because I'm a robot and I can do anything. <laughs> However, right. whatever, you know, like now you're looking into the future, whatever, blah, blah, blah crystal ball. So now I, I see these emotions. So when you see him in your kids, it's different because you're like, mm. he's like, I can't do it. And you're like, damn it. Don't ever say that again. Like, <laughs> say what? I can't do it. So like, you're trying to, you're trying to just shake up the ball and just change it to be like, you know, I, I get it. There's emotions there and, you know, yeah, I don't figure, I can't figure it out. You know, and I think (laughs) nature has a way of balancing that. So they've made us women cyclical and we tolerate it most of the time, except for that (laughs) one or two days a month where we go overboard because you're underboard, you know, and then it's like a reset button. Well, I mean, I think we're underboard like all the time. It's just what, what it seems like, but like with, my two boys, I look at them and their emotions and 
you can just look at their face to see the emotional roller coaster that they go on in a day to day basis. You just be like, don't do that. And you just see their face. You'd be like, <laughs> just totally like, it's yeah. unbelievable how fast it changes. And so, in the opposite direction. Yeah. Like they're crying one minute and then they're just oh, laughing the next. I, it's, it's amazing. And I will say for how much I think Aaron's like emotional state is very flat aligned. And, and even for me, Thank seeing you. my own <laughs> kids. Sorry, it's a sorry. compliment. Okay, it is. Seeing in our children. It's, it's Okay, stop. That's his point. It's shocking, especially in our eldest son, his how his emotions, his, he's upset, he's bothered, he's frustrated. He's mad. He's sad. He's loving it. Like it's, it's mm-hmm. even growing up in a very myriad yeah. acceptance. Even to the point where Manya's like, dude, man, just tone it down and out. But what I have it's- to say <laughs> is that Aaron's acceptance and tolerance for his emotions is greater than mine. And I can look at Aaron and I can see like his... <laughs> No, his growth and being able as a parent to accept his child's emotions far greater than I know he was ever allowed to have as a child. And I, I, I just, I'm so grateful for that. And I um, respect that. And I think that's very cool of but you and big of you. Here's an interesting concept though. It's like when I was a kid, I don't remember emotions. I don't remember ever being able to have them (laughs) like honestly, like, and I don't remember it in a bad way or a good way. I just, Mm -hmm. I just don't remember them. You were not allowed to have them or you just don't. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying I'm not allowed to have them. I'm just saying I don't remember. I don't remember them. Do you Uh remember anyone having them? No, I just remember everything being tone on tone. I like, and Mm -hmm. I, and, and the, so you learned that before you were very conscious. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, in a theory aspect of things, I, I just don't, I think maybe just I, everybody was kind of being very flat, not around the children type of thing. No. And, and okay. maybe that's how, how I learned it. I, so it was role modeled not I, to really express emotions then. Is I, that what you're saying? Theoretically. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I, mean, I, I mean, I don't really know for certain. Yeah. I mean, you know, is, is that true of anger as well? Yeah. Okay. But there's the upside of the whole thing is even through anger and the whole thing, like um, when my parents got divorced, I always remembered my mom always had something to say about my father. Well, your father, this, your father, this, your father, this, my, my father. How old were you when your parents divorced? 13. So right at the age where shit matters. Yeah. Mm. But my dad never said anything. The closest he ever came to ever saying anything where he was so mad, he turned and he looked at me and he was like, your mother. And he stopped and he turned and he walked away. Mm. And that was it. I never said a word. Never, ever in my life have I ever heard him say anything bad about my mother. Wow. Okay. And to this day, I'm like, wow, exactly what you said. Wow. That's, that's, that's pretty rare, mm-hmm. but you, you know, a memory I have of you and we can edit this if, if I shouldn't say it. No, no, I, I, this, but I remember where we were in a session and you could not access any emotion. Uh-huh. And I think for me as a therapist, it was the first time that I was like, close your eyes and go inside because our physical bodies and our emotional bodies is the same place. Uh-huh. And you finally were able to identify something, but it, it was very, very difficult working with you to 
to to try and teach you what that language was. I remember that. Yeah. But I mean, like today I see how different you are. <laughs> but the lingo, I remember it's different. I mean, it's different. Cause I remember connecting with you, but not being able to connect with you. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. Do you know now? I have some theories. Let's hear it. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of exactly what we're talking about. Basically. I, I think it's just looking at my past and how things were brought upon. It's just like how, how to bring up the emotions and, and the whole thing and how all of a sudden I'm, I'm with someone who's very much, an emotional being who, who can access such. And, and nurturing you to connect with that too. I mean, we can just see that in, in your interaction together just tonight. And we just met you tonight, Manya. And we, this, this difference here is amazing. Yeah. I mean, it, to this day, I'm like, I don't know how I landed this. <laughs> and that, cool. It does go both ways, though. I will say that I've learned a lot. I grew up from both my parents being therapists, reading books of like, it's all right to cry. Like your my mother never, ever squashed any emotion I ever had. Like I I'm amazed. But to the point that it, as a young adult, I was it was I couldn't even in a work setting, my boss would be angry with me. I couldn't stop my tears like and I I struggled with being able to control my emotions in places where I knew that I was being look it was inappropriate Mm. the regulation piece yeah so I I had none of that and I hope we can give to our kids a beautiful balance Mm. of being able to feel it freely but also know that there is a place for that and (laughs) hold on and even just the little things of of i i was never i till this day and i i i don't i I don't i cannot i have not i'm not able to practice this with my kids but i was never spoken to aggressively ever i was never like i ever but like to the point that when someone does speak, they're not even meaning necessarily maliciously, but when someone raises their voice or speaks with that, it, it I, I get like emotionally triggered really quickly. And Aaron coming from like a military background and the family that he came to a lot of times, he speaks to me in a demeanor that even just the tone of his voice totally mm-hmm. sets me like, I just can't even, he's a, attacking me even when he's not. And mm-hmm. we actually recently just had a breakthrough about that that I, and I'm really grateful now to be able in in the world, that's a real world setting. Someone's going to say something in aggressive mean way, and you have to not be able to take it. You have to be able to listen to the words without feeling attacked first and then decide how you want to be able to react. And that's something that I've learned with being with Aaron. And I hope that we can give our kids a very balanced. Mm -hmm. So you guys are teaching each other a lot of things from multiple perspectives here. I've I've learned a lot from, from Manya. She's a, (laughs) <laughs> the way I grew up, you know, like if let's say you're going to work on your basement and you got to fix some stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to spill out some tools, you're, you know, some stuff's going to go good. Some stuff's going to go bad. You're mm-hmm. going to lose your shit for a little while. And that's, that's how yeah. you fix shit. That's how, that's how it goes. You're going to chuck a toolbox. Yeah. A wrench is going to go flying through the it, room. It's happened quite a few times yeah. down here in this basement. Yeah. yeah. Building this. Yeah. That's how you fix some shit. Right. So I remember, I remember when we were first living together and I was, I was working on the bathroom. I was retiling some stuff and I'm just, I'm literally just, 
moving tools out of the way so I can get to this part of the floor to lay some tile. And I'm, I'm like just chucking toolboxes and, and I'm making it just, a, you know, it's just a racket of noise. You know, I'm just, and I remember seeing her peek her head around the corner and her <laughs> eyes are just, just this big, just huge. And she's like, are you okay? And I just, I just remember turning. I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Why? It's just like, okay. You know, just, you know, just, just the whole difference of, of you know, cause I remember, I remember I used to work on motorcycles a lot as a young man. And I, I always remember working on something. And then if I couldn't figure something out, I remember my dad coming out and he'd come out and he would just lose his shit, throw a whole bunch of tools around and, and, and most likely break a few things so I had more shit to fix and then walk away you know <laughs> and I, I just, <laughs> just grumble yeah I just remember that's how you fix shit you just lose your shit you right. throw some stuff around and that's that's what happens that's what you do it's so relaxing. very opposite it's, very very yeah, opposite it's a hobby yeah. <laughs> that was awesome it's great to spend some time with you so you guys meet in California yes you're from Illinois you're from Colorado yes how'd you guys meet each other's families and what was that like <laughs> well, our families, and even now, it's so interesting. We have a family and we have children. These kids are, they have the most diverse family. My parents are, I am a second generation hippie. I grew up on health food, doing yoga as a kid, eating organic food, meditating, like things that now are like hip. They like before granola. the times. Yes. Right. Oh, no. Beyond. And, and beyond beyond granola. granola. We're talking like dance ceremony. Yeah. What? Yeah. Dance ceremony? Yeah. Dance ceremony. And my, dance. my family thought yoga was a cereal. And <laughs> we grew up on a dirt road next to cornfield. A red dirt road. And we thought hippies were... I don't know, things in roads that would slow you down in a school zone. And that evolution does not exist. And wait, wait, wait. Yes. No, that's not true. my family. That's all right. So a cousin, one cousin, I got one crazy cousin. Very right wing Christian. All right. Your so grandmother. Don't put everybody in I'm just, Okay. I'm just. This podcast so they blend. Epic. So <laughs> they blend. No, I'm just trying to give so the many picture. Things. It's like the, the yeah. most opposite you could get right. and even okay, right, Picasso, right. Picasso, 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 just listen, go on Picasso. even how Aaron and I both identify with our families is we're like kind of in the middle my family is yeah, so far left I that I'm, I'm about like, to lose an ear whoa you're out there and his family is so, so far, far right. right that even Aaron's like I mean he is he's the leftiest wow. of his whole family they're See, really out there really you guys are there. like Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> and Maria Schreiber you did the job wow. uh, they are divorced. So let, let's not use them as an example. <laughs> All right. So you guys meet each other's family. So how did, how does that go? It went amazing. It was really quite wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Tell what you said before about my parents. First thing they asked you. <laughs> no. Okay. So uh, I met Manya's mom and she's a very wonderful, sweet lady. She's very lovable. She's like, She's like a teddy bear if you can package it, if it's possible. But so I met Manya's Manya's I like dad. Manya's face right now. <laughs> <laughs> so the first thing Manya's dad asked me, he's like, so you're in the military, right? Do you have PTSD? I'm like, no. And then her mom, her, mom, her first question was like, yeah, so uh, did you kill anybody? <laughs> I'm like, 
Holy fuck. And this is, this is your- and this is them alone. The first yeah. time my mom ever, they went on a walk alone, you know, like, yeah. oh, they're bonding. And then after Aaron it's was like. It's a beautiful like, day, isn't it? Did you kill anybody? Yeah. He was like, uh, yeah, your so, mom asked me if I killed me? anybody. And this was over the phone and I felt bad. I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. But what the fuck? Have you killed anybody? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. I know. It's, it is. It's a good I, question. I didn't, I didn't I ask it. I forgot the, to the ask. answer is always like, I, I shot at a lot of people. I don't know who killed who. I don't it's know. A, it's a, I don't know. But yeah, so the military background is a whole nother aspect that is interesting for me. I w- I'm coming really like pacifist, peace. I wasn't allowed to have a water gun, like no guns, no fighting. Like uh, war is almost like a a mental institution that we believe in and that's why it exists and that it doesn't really need to happen, but we keep perpetuating it. And then being married to a vet who has sacrificed his life and has given so much for our country and has gained so much and has also gone through so he's so fucking strong the military training of mentally preparing yourself and physically preparing yourself to do that for someone else it is a sacrifice that I recognize that and I respect that and um, I admire that did, did that change your perspective at all in meeting him and, and knowing that about him? It does. And it, it continues to we even uh, even politically in our own family on that aspect of even just stuff with Colin Kaepernick and of like the flag. I went to private schools where we didn't do that. I don't I still to this day. I don't know the Pledge of Allegiance. I didn't the flag. I My education was actually more based on that our country is founded on Native Americans being slaughtered and genocide. And I didn't really grow up with a whole lot of respect for the, for the flag because our country, what that stands for to me is kind of based on a lot of things that aren't that respectable. And now I'm married to someone who has given so much for that. And I know even in his own very level headed way of looking at things, he, you know, even today, uh, don't tread on me. The Gadsden flag came in the mail. And I don't even know what that means. I was like, Aaron, what does that mean? What Mm -hmm. does don't tread on me mean? He Mm -hmm. says, it's like, well, don't disrespect my country. And having saying that from someone who has, he's jumped out of helicopters being shot at. He's risked his life for years, risked his relationship, risked his everything. It, it's changed my perspective, but then I also, in a way I feel like, well, did that, it still is like, oh closer to the reality of war than I had ever. It it sounds like it's made that perspective more personal for you. Yeah. Right. Cause it's, it's tied to someone who you love. How did you decide to go in the military? I mean, my whole family has been in the military. My, my father and my uncles were in Vietnam. My grandpa and other relatives were in World War II. And, uh, it just, I don't know, seemed like a good idea. I mean, if we want to talk about this topic, I mean, that that's a whole nother discussion, but I, I will briefly say like, if we want to talk about, let's say she said Colin Kaepernick, I mean, like, I will say that guy, he really is kind of an inspiration because he's done a lot of things for a lot of people and he's really raised a lot of money for his, his town and his cause and the whole thing. And I understand that. And I think it's great, but I think there's a better way to do it without kneeling for the flag. Yeah. You have the right to do that. And that's, you know, you could do that if you want that. I understand that. And that's why that's what we fought for. You can do that if you want, 
But you have to understand the consequence to that. You have to understand that all the people and parents who've lives have been lost and kids and everything that everyone stood for that goes along with it, that you're kneeling upon. Mm -hmm. If you don't understand that, I, I just think there's a better way to go about it. I think there's a better way you can have the same effect, do the same thing and, and do something just a little bit different to have more people behind you, to have a better outcome instead of pissing people off. That, that's my only opinion. There, there's this concept that human beings are the only thing on this planet that can bond over something besides blood. And what we bond over is a flag. And whether that's your high school football team yeah. or your church or your yoga institution or whatever <laughs> that thing is, it's people that you're not related to, right? Well, I, And I, I was in the military and yeah. I practice meditation and the similarities are so incredibly amazing of what they teach you in terms of that emotional regulation yeah. and being centered and taking personal responsibility. And it, and it really is absolutely way over here and then way over there. But I mean, with all that said, it's, there's just like this little dynamic of, of, of things that I'm trying to, figure out the best way to get this into words. I apologize for my long lasting pause. We'll edit it. Don't worry. Yeah. We'll don't just worry. cut it out. <laughs> and in real life, it's like literally like two minutes long <laughs> when we're actually processing. Yeah. You just have to lay there and breathe. And I'm like, he's going to say something. He's <laughs> going to say something. Nope. I, nope he's not going to. Yeah, no, he is. I just want to say, I'm going to trust. He's going to say something. No. He's processing. Wait, here, here it comes. No, and, no, nothing, no, and it has in another way it is it has taught me to respect I come from my mom uh, like emotions and should always act on your emotions don't smother your emotions and but if you speak your emotions immediately you can often end up saying things that are kind of silly and so I, I have or things you don't really mean yes right? yes and I've learned a lot I do respect the time that it takes to like really make sure what you're saying is what you mean well, now I totally forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's like a tag. So, gotcha. so let's talk yeah. about the birth of your first child. So the birth of our first child was unbelievable because, gosh, we were trying to do everything so right. And we we took a class, you know, one of those classes where they're like, yeah. Lamaze class. Yeah, something. you can call it whatever you want. I like mm. to call it for shit. Because <laughs> that's pretty much what it was. It was like, hey, everything that's that's going to happen to you, we're going to tell you that it's not going to happen. <laughs> so hold on, what, interjection. We my our OB was this. It's incredible. It's one doctor, but then one like official OB, but then like ten midwives and ten. I like to doulas. call Obi Wan Kenobi. And ideally, <laughs> they work within a legitimate hospital, but that if that ideally you're working with a midwife and a doula and if you need it, the doctor yeah. comes in to help with the birth, but I, that it's um, as one hospital called the force. <laughs> you had like That's 20 people on during, your team. No, well in the end, actually we did, but wow. Um, so anyway, this whole class, basically they're like, look, it's look, you're going to have a baby, blah, blah, blah. 
it's not like the movies. It's not like you're rushing to the hospital and it, you're, you're going to have a baby. It takes a lot of time, the whole thing, blah, blah, blah. You know, all this stuff. Hoopla, hoopla, hoopla. So just breathe. Yeah. They're like, I'm like, okay, I get it. I get it. Also in the class, all the other dads were like in khakis and Aaron was like, I was like, oh my God, he's the hottest, most awesome dad ever. (laughs) Killing it. Killing it. It was fun. Seriously, right? (sighs) If you were in this class, you would have looked around and you'd been like, where the fuck do they find these people? (laughs) (laughs) But that's besides the point. So. Let's fast forward to what actually happened. So let's uh, fast forward to we're in the kitchen. We're talking and we're like, hey, you know what would be cool? And she was like, I don't know what. And I was like, if we went to, I'm like, if you weren't pissing on the floor, that'd be fucking cool. And she's like, no, I'm just joking. That's just a joke. So her water broke. We're talking in the kitchen. Her water breaks. I, I was just trying to make a joke out of the whole thing. And she was like, about ready to punch me in the face. So I'm like, so here's what happens. She's like, oh my God, my water broke. And I'm like, okay, calm down. Call the doctor. I'm going to pack a bag because I just picked her up from the airport. I'm like, Calm down. Bag would ours was already packed. He didn't have to pack a bag. Yeah, this was me talking. This is exactly how just I just talking it out. I was so like, you were I was really like, prepared because you're very early. No, no, wait. wait before <laughs> yep. you say anything, yep. I was, this was my voice. I was like, stand by. <laughs> Why don't you call the doctor? I'm going to pack our bag. And I walked into the other room and I freaked the fuck out. I was like, holy shit. Fuck. I'm like, I'm literally running around the room. I have no idea what to do. Like, I'm a, like, like a squirrel yes. stuck in a room. Oh, I, just- I open the closet and my head's going back and forth. I open her bag. It's already packed. I'm like, this is fucking awesome. And I just zipped it back up. So I zipped it up. I open the door. I walk back out. I'm like, so what did the doctor say? She's like, we should go to the hospital. I'm like, Okay, let's go. I, I like. I totally like. I, if if anybody was in the bluff of the bluffers, that was me. I was like, I'm like, this is awesome. I totally faked her out. But in my head, like, it was panic mode, big time. It was. It was like literally. And it was like they told us it wasn't going to happen. I was like uh, 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 going to labor, and we went to the wrong place. We drove up to the wrong <laughs> the hospital. Wrong like, hospital. Yeah, like you should have. You should have in your phone. You know where to go. Of course, we're gonna know where to go. He's like, here we are. I'm like, this isn't the place. <laughs> <laughs> so let's uh, let's rewind this just a little. How bit. How do you yeah? not know the name of the hospital you're no, going he'd to? He'd even okay. been there. We'd been there before. We'd- yeah. It was out of the or, movies, how they tell you in the class. They told it it wasn't how it was going to happen. It's not going to be by. this. This has been brought to you by a Wheaties production. <laughs> we are now in intermission. This is this has not been brought to you by that, by the way. <laughs> little no, caveat. Okay. Here's here's what happened. All right. So we get in the car. We're driving. And I'm I'm like, all right. So I'm freaking out. I'm like, I'm like, holy shit. This seems a little bit early. And then she like, she goes into contractions. I look at the clock on the car and I see the time. What time was it? It was like 3.07 or something. like. It was like 3.07. Don't, don't question me. <laughs> I, will, I will end you. This is his experience. Yes. That's, yes, yes. Right. Here's his experience. Keep going. Keep going. So Your experience. Then it stops. The next contraction. I look at the time again. It doesn't matter what the time was. Whatever it was, it was correct. And, but it was only like a few minutes apart. And I'm like, 
holy shit, this is not going our way. So I'm like hauling ass to the hospital. It's, it's, it's like two or three o'clock in the morning. It's early. It's like early where no one's out on the road. So like every time you've been to the hospital, it doesn't look the same. It's dark. <laughs> it's dark. It's dark. You're, you're like, I think I should turn here. Like, this doesn't look right. So yeah, I made a few wrong turns. <laughs> Shit didn't go my way. <laughs> Things were not going well. You just hit Hospital on Google Maps. Yeah. Is that what you did? Right? I didn't hit shit. I was like <laughs> just driving in panic mode, looking at a clock. Were you on fire? Is this one of your <laughs> oh, times you're on fire? No, but here's yeah. the thing. This is so funny here to this aspect of the story mm. because he did. He held it together. He was like in, in oh, on the outer experience of Aaron Kirkman. He was like holding it together. He was like, here we go. We're just doing this. He like wasn't worried. I felt like he didn't believe me that was happening. I was like, our baby's coming. This is two and a half months before we were due. And he was what just like thinking. But I knew it was happening. I knew. And till this day, I feel like crazy that night. I had a thought. I was like, I'm so uncomfortable. The baby's 30 weeks. I was like, he would be fine. I would, And I feel like every pregnant person must have this thought. It's it's like, it's uncomfortable. You're like over it. But I was like, he could just be born tonight. It would be fine. And then he was. And it was terrible. And it happened. And I was looking. And he was like out of my body. And what I wouldn't have given to like, like if I, and Anyway, it was, it was having a preemie baby is not how any child should be born, but the advancements. He was born at three pounds and, uh, it was, it was pretty scary. Three pounds. Wow. Okay. But and the advancements in neonatal medicine, what yeah. they can do in the, I mean, and he's four and a half and he's healthy and. Well, let's just back up to finish the ecstatic event of this whole thing. So I pull up to the hospital, the front of the hospital. The wrong hospital. No, no, no. This Wait. is the right one. Oh, this is not the right it. one. Okay. But still, like the movies, like they told it, it wasn't going to be. They're like, it yeah. won't happen like that. It's it happened like, like that. I was like, oh, yeah. She's screaming in the car. I'm looking at the clock. I'm like, this can't be fucking happening. So I pull up to the car sideways. You know, we pull up. We get out of the car. I'm just, you know, I'm like, fuck it. So we run upstairs. Like, and then we're like. We're having a baby, and the and this lady looks at us. She's like, "When's your due date?" She, she tells him, and she's like, um, "I can totally see her face being like, yeah, whatever." And like, and then like she didn't believe you. Totally not. Totally did not believe her. Totally didn't believe her. And wow. the, and this is where I was like, "Hey, hey, wait a minute. This is not cool. You can't be an asshole just to be an asshole." I mean, like, this is not right. So the whole dynamic changed. Now I'm like, what the? So anyway, we're going to fast forward just a little bit because the story can get a little bit wordy. So. This is the most Aaron has ever talked in the last like few months, by yeah. the way. He's really going on here. Right. I like words. We'll words. invite you. Now I know. A microphone and headphones. This is, this is you just it. need to buy one some. One man, one baby. Just on the Amazon. Bird. You just got to just order it for your home. <laughs> <laughs> Done. All I need is headphones and a microphone. There we go. <laughs> Oh, now he's gonna beatbox. We have this is the first actually right here. So they so, don't believe her. Anyway, we get to the hospital. She doesn't believe her. All of a sudden, they're like, "We're, we're gonna do it all the sound, whatever." Blah, blah. The lady's totally being a bitch, and I'm like, and I'm getting pissed, and I'm like, seriously. So then, all of a sudden, they do the ultrasound. She has a contraction. So by the time we pulled up to the hospital, an hour and a half later, the baby was out. That's how fast. It wow! Was. But yeah, it was like before, was... it, like through the rigmarole of going to a hospital, it was right. just yeah. like it was, it 
it was fast. And then seeing a doctor, baby, hey, it's a boy, and then rush him out to the incubator and the whole that was tough. I mean, that was that was you want to talk about a tearjerker. I mean, that mm. was like a yeah. it was so till this it was, day. It was the most powerful, one of those like painfully powerful moments in your life where like we didn't hug. There was no, we were both such in shock. Like our mm-hmm. baby was just born and the two of us were in the room. He was gone and it just like happened and we we're just like sitting, like it felt like a movie. Which yeah. is pretty how, much. How do you, how do you been. feel about that? So your body's designed to give birth. You have this expert ability to control your body. You are an athlete and you go through what's supposed to be the most natural thing in the world and it doesn't go so well. How do you feel about that? I think what they did tell us and what I, it is, um, and I'm so, it made me so grateful because people used to die. Babies used to die. Women used to die when this happened. It, birth, birth is like this, even till this day, it's like this incredible mystery that it can go. It's, there's no, there's absolutely no standard. Yeah. So as much as you can plan, as much as we wanted this natural thing, it was, and how much I really believed in like the natural progression of holding your baby. And, but what I did learn from having a baby in the NICU is actually has, we learned so much about how they evaluate their movement and their development in a way that I don't think Western medicine acknowledges in normal babies. They're like, oh, they'll be fine. But all these progresses of. Can I interject for one moment? Yes, you may. I love microphones. Oh my God. <laughs> Seriously, I'm getting this in our house. Okay. This is our new therapy technique right so, there. That was perfect. <laughs> so, I mean, both of our babies were both born very early. And the first one was scary. Like every day we'd go to the doctor and he was like, well, I think he has scacoblegalicolosis. You're like, what? <laughs> After he so was born. Every, seriously, every day was like, he has this. We might have this. We have to test for this. We have to test for this. Every day was a heart attack. Every day was like just a heart-wrenching day. Every day, it was awful. The second one, Koa, he was born at four pounds. And uh, and he was born. 32 weeks. There's the difference of two weeks made. Such yeah. a huge difference. Mm-hmm. But he was also born in Denver. We're like, we're not flying anymore. Fuck that. We're not doing it. We drove and then surprise, it's a baby. So it still happened anyway, whatever. And, uh, but that, it was like nothing came up. It was like, yeah, yeah, you had a baby. <laughs> a like, little early. We're like, what's going yeah. on? What's wrong with him? What's happening? So just the difference of care of the two um, different yeah. hospitals. Well, and yeah. the yeah. two and a half weeks in gestation mm-hmm. makes the yeah. world of yeah. difference and the amount of like, um, preventative steps they take after Colt was evaluated for the first like yeah. three years of his life. And I do still to this day see like developmental things that have affected him because but, of that. That Colt Yeah. Not the, the whole developmental thing, uh, like Colt was so involved in everything and constantly testing that, uh, Manya had like, that was our world. And that was, that was Manya's world. And she was so into that world. She saw everything, everything. And, Anything anyone said, she was in it and studied it. And she was, she's been a gymnastic co- gymnastics coach for years. And she's, she knows body, the mind, everything. And, and she's been studying it. And uh, she's actually made a show, a recently uh, 
a show that she's hoping that can get picked up that basically helps we'll let you take over. What I learned from having Colt in the NICU, seeing the developmental processes that they're looking for, but that every child should have that. And that through movement is connected to our neurological pathways to be able to read and write. And even things that Aaron in his school, they he, he was put in like special ed classes because they had a hard, tri- hard time reading. But later down the road, he found out on his own after like being ridiculed and bullied because of that, that his eyes were just having a, a difficulty tracking the page and that that skill links to being able to turn your head and links to being able to overcome an ATR reflex as a baby that I learned about because Colt was a preemie. So it, and that it opened my awareness to a whole new way of uh, movement and how that can affect you later down the road. So that's awesome. There, there are so many women who have a plan for the birth <clears throat> and it doesn't go as planned and they carry such shame and I don't even care if they're like, I'm at home in my little tub with my doula and everything's going, whatever. They still feel some type of shame. And, you know, you have your kids. That's the goal. However, that works out. And it's a lot of shame around that. With Colt, I did because I I, com- I performed. I did circus. I flew on an airplane. There was like a million things that I did feel. And I had the thought I had in my head, like I willed it, I, that I felt horrible but then with our second kid I was super careful and I was like I'm gonna keep it in I'm keeping it and he was still a preemie and so I just I don't know it was just how it was meant to be for us Mm -hmm. now you guys have a family show now Mm -hmm. that you guys have created together right Mm -hmm. and and you guys have plans as as to where you want to take this this family show yeah someday someday you'll see the family show on a cruise ship i'm pretty sure uh, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's on be, our vision board we want yeah. to tour the world with our family that's show. an extra element being on the water yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it's true be. i got seasick just on the dock at fox lake today i don't know to start <laughs> training <laughs> yeah we went out to dinner so is tell us a little bit about this show and obviously you need to kind of in, in words, describe what, what it's like if an audience were watching you guys. What, what is it that you guys do? One audience. <laughs> does not exist. No. <laughs> we have, oh dear, a 45-minute family um, circus show that is it's about really a superhero brilliant. show that's about empowering your own yeah. super strength in every day. And it is geared towards kids and can connect kids to their... And it's a comedy show. And it's comedy. It's and comedy. Yeah. So we have a little bit of a <laughs> Who clown. does the comedy? Aaron. <laughs> yes. I can't imagine that. No, it's, it's, it's really quite brilliant because... Um, we have Manya, who's amazing performer and such a huge performer. And she does such amazing acrobatics and balance on the box and, and everything you can put forth. And then is I come it, in is it and in I the, come in, in and the, mess it all the up. The arena of like Cirque du Soleil. Kind yes. Of. Okay. Yes. And then I come in and I mess it all up and then I, <laughs> we do a whole bunch of stuff and then there's some balances and then the kids come out and then, yeah, it's, it's, it gets wild. So if you're looking for tickets, you can find these <laughs> tickets at www. Does, does your show have a name? <laughs> the Flippin' Crippins Superhero Show. The Flippin' Crippins. We are the Flippin' Crippins. Mm-hmm. You can find us at www.creativeactionarts.com. Say, say that again. <laughs> Wait, yeah, right, right. Say that again. 
Both of us? No. no just Probably just you. That would probably <laughs> One of you. Um, our website is www.creativeactionarts.com. That's fantastic. Yeah. One I, family in the world. <laughs> <laughs> My dad was in a children's band as a kid and I grew up with like just doing gigs and gigging and like we do a lot of shows. Uh, we're actually doing a show to give at, back to the NICU that Colt was born in. They're doing. That is fantastic. And we do stuff for his school and it's kind we of just like. We also do shows. We've done shows for the VA hospital oh, as well. Oh, wonderful. Kinda, we, we really try to just. Get get out back with it because yeah. we gain so much by doing it and seeing our mm-hmm, kids do it yeah. and our family do it and we get better every time we do it that it's kind of like our little mm-hmm. philanthropy gift without money right. yeah mm-hmm. i guess so so gene and i we work together right on a daily basis you don't say <laughs> <laughs> do you and guys give couples therapy sessions together the two of you yes we do and that is something that's very different you know, than most couples therapists out there. The fact that we do conjoint therapies, Gene and I are in the same room with the couple themselves. And question, if you don't mind. Oh, please. How often does things, uh, issues with your clients trigger your own relationship? Mm, that is something that has developed over many, many years. And, and we have, we have fought over couples. We, I think we have more fights about our couples <laughs> than our couples have. I would have to say yes. Yeah. That's true. Right. And and I think that is, you know, the processing of so many relationships over so many years has really helped us understand things. And and so we'll we'll talk about it with people like that we're like the MMA fighters of couples. <laughs> Cause our fights are just so high up there. And it's a great question. Really? Oh, that yeah. you two have? Oh, yeah. Verbally? Oh, yeah. Right. So what is it that your partner does that you know they love you? Who is first? Paul's <laughs> talky-talky is taking a break. Can you actually <laughs> talk about why you are talking in an accent? Um, It is just fun for me to talk like but this. You had just said. This is how she usually talks. Oh, before. Yes. Yeah, so mm-hmm. one technique that we do use to diffuse our fights that has been very successful for oh. us. And in fact, the first time we actually, it was like a joke that we do. We talk in a, a British accent if we're like really mad at each other. But the first time real fight and babies are us pregnant, like couple, young couple. Aaron and we're like doing the little clicker and that's. The amount of stuff they think they make you think you need for the strollers and the car seats. And we didn't have any money. Like the stuff that we were registering for was like the things we really needed. And Aaron was picking like three T Superman outfits. And I was like, those are important. Yeah. No, no, no. Those were not what we needed at the time. And so we yes, had to pull are. out. Seriously, that, how awesome the is British that? Accent, like, the British accent. The British accent. You're going to fight like this. And you're going to fight with superhero. No, we need bottle. Right, we see. need this bottle and we need this outfit. We do outfit, not need that need bubble. Seriously, what the fuck changing. is wrong with you? And we had a full-on so, British uh, fight and babies are awesome. Right. People were looking at us it's like we were crazy. It's the But it was wonderful. How mad can you get when you're talking like this? And how proud. You're missing so many syllables. It just doesn't even make fucking sense. And how proud can you be? The closest you ever got to breaking up was in fucking babies are us registering for your baby yeah. oh, i'm proud of that shit now i don't think i can be with you anymore 
So that's you don't a, fit that's into a coping, three day Superman our coping skill is to talk in accents when we're feeling angry and it helps a lot in the mood and just it it uh it makes it more fun. You can really just pick any accent you want and you just pick one. But British is a good it. one to start because so, you know, who starts one. it though? It doesn't really quite matter. No. <laughs> what really? <laughs> no. Someone will say something matter. for real in they in plain yeah. old English, like that they're really being bitchy and right. mean, and then it's when yeah. the other person decides to change it up and say, "I'm yeah. not going to take that. I'm going to take this like oh, this." Oh really? Yeah. Oh really? That's the way you want to yeah. feel, then. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to be interviewing a British couple soon, so I hope they Actually, have an American yes. accent. We are. <laughs> oh, to fight with? Wouldn't that be? We are doing we're a like, video man. conference session with someone in London. <laughs> I, a like, you, I hope yeah. somebody. Takes us on because it's really quite. You could really pick anything you want. You could just be like, "Wait, let's hear your the, Jamaican." What did you, you just call Jamaican? me? Oh, Jamaican. Ling hole dao, ling hole dao. Oh, here we go. Wow, that just so. So, what is it that the other person does? <laughs> yes, that you know they love you. There's lots of things. To be honest, Aaron. Sometimes he, and you know, there's like the languages of love. He is not that skilled at verbally expressing his love for me. He He's is been very expressive tonight. tonight. <laughs> I know it's the microphone and the headphones. I, this is giving you a false representation of at home, but this sounds crazy. But Aaron makes love to me. Like I know he fucking loves me. He will love me. Like it's the end of the world. And you know, it's one of the ways that I do know. He just really loves me and he provides, he works his ass off for our family. And I just, I just know that he does whenever I doubt it or have some crazy thought in my mind that he's doesn't, I just know in his heart. And yeah, the eyebrows, he just gave me the eyebrows. <laughs> it's a, you can't capture the eyebrows on a podcast, but. It's the eyebrows of love. The eyebrows of love. <laughs> And for you, Aaron? And for me? Get closer to the microphone. You tell them, how do I make you feel loved? It's really just the... Do this for me. Tell me now. I will do this, yes, for you right now. Okay? Yes, that's how we go. <laughs> it's really just the attitude of gratitude, yes? Everything, everything you do. In all seriousness, though, like... She's probably the most grateful person I've ever met in my life. She like truly appreciates everything you do and she understands everything you're trying to do. And I know a, a big aspect of life and, and, and trying to provide for your family, like just the amount of hours I put into work and, and, and I'm away and I'm gone. I'm just so lucky to have someone who's like so full on, just, hundred percent ultra mom, like super mom. She's when she's with the kids, that's it. She's with the kids. That's it. She's, <clears throat> she's full on. And that you, you can't find that. How do you find that? Nobody does that anymore, especially these days. And, and she understands that, you know, what I'm trying to do, I'm, I'm just trying to provide for the family. I, I, and when I am around, I, I, I try to be full on. I try to be, I try to be the best, dad the best person i can be i try to be the best husband i can be I, I try to be the best of the best every time every chance i get and sometimes i come up short and she is uh very grateful for the effort when i come up short do you feel like you come up short a lot when you come up short you're killing it <laughs> no I, I just 
sometimes I, I, I don't always get to be, you know, there as much as I want to be there or, or, or home as much as I want to be home. And that's all I'm saying. I mean, and, and I'm just, I feel very, very lucky and very grateful for someone who understands that I don't always get to do what I want to do, you know, very grateful. And it, it's such a wonderful state to be in just to, just to be in that grateful state, just to stay in that, you know, like that, regardless of what happens or how it happens or anything, like just to be around someone who's so grateful all the time like that, it's just infectious. It's that, that's how it is. And then, and that's, that's what she is. She's the most grateful person I've ever met in my life. And hands down, that's, that's what I love about her. So <clears throat> there it is. Can I record that and like play it over for myself day after day when <laughs> I feel sad? Oh, he loves me. <laughs> he loves me. So guys, we, we want to thank you so much for joining us on Couple Synergy, the podcast. Your story is not only entertaining because you guys are an entertaining family. That's for <laughs> sure. But it's definitely inspiring for a lot of people out there. You know, we get wounded through relationship and we heal through relationships and human beings have been telling their stories for thousands of years. And we hope that you guys sharing your story has enriched your guys' lives and the lives of our listeners. Well, thank you. I just want to say thanks to you guys. I know you guys have been quite the inspiration to a lot of people and, you know, regardless of how many couples you fight over. <laughs> I, um, we do. It's true. <laughs> and, I, and I know you do because you guys are both such strong, passionate people. And I, to be a fly on the wall to hear the things that you're like, whatever you say, I don't know. But I'm sure it's hilarious. But uh, <laughs> just the fact that you guys stay close and stay strong is an inspiration to a lot of people and an example to a lot of people. And, and uh, we appreciate that. And, uh, you know, love you guys. Thank you. Thank love you. you too. Love you guys too. For all you listening, if you have any questions or topic suggestions, again, please feel free to leave a comment or look us up online at couplesynergy.com. Until next time, synergize your love, synergize your life. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Kedkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Kedkodian, along with Organizational Director Calvin Javier and Marketing Coordinator Bridget Reese. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez. <laughs>